You're listening to The Only Constant, where we explore how minor change brings lasting hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Maggie Mae Kreisman. Maggie earned her BA in theater from FSU. She's had a passion for theater since fourth grade and feels that theater is a way for her to learn how to be human. In fact, she thinks all artists are simply searching for why we are alive. Our conversation touched on many topics, including her experience with childcare, her desire to live in Europe, and her loose ideas about spirituality. We even dove into the supernatural and talked about if aliens visited the Earth. Something to take away from Maggie's conversation is that no one is ever alone in the feelings they experience. We have a shared existence, and everything we do, we do to find purpose. Maggie says she's given up on finding her purpose, but not in a negative way. For Maggie, not worrying about her purpose is freeing and that she has no expectations to meet. She feels that we don't have to make such a valiant effort to find purpose in our lives. Instead, we can just live and do the things we love. Existing is enough. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, my friend. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, I'm I appreciate so happy it. to be here. Um, and I would just like to start out with your name and pronouns. My name is Maggie Mae Kreisman, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Okay, sweet. And then what is your major, and what do you find yourself doing most of the time besides that? Well, I'm a BA theater major. I'm a senior. Um, so most of the time recently, I've just been being sad about being a senior and <laughs> trying to be happy about being a senior and do everything. <laughs> I've just been like so nostalgic lately, just like walking around campus, just everything. I'm like, this could be the last time I'm seeing it. Like, we I'm have just, such a beautiful campus, too. We have such a beautiful campus. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just very, very much trying to soak in every moment. I feel like everything I do, like even when I go to Publix, I'm like, this is this is a beautiful moment. So it's <laughs> That's a, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I, gra- I graduated <laughs> in April so I feel that because when, when I'm on campus yesterday last night when I Caleb had a show as you know and I went on, I was on campus and I was like man I miss walking around being on campus when stuff's going on mm-hmm. so we have I like feel that. we have number one grounds in the U.S. like for call for a college really? campus yeah we got number Top one rated? we were that ranked. true okay. yeah <laughs> okay I believe it for well I mean I think that's what the my F, like you know how you can go like my FSU uh, and, yes, uh, yes, yes, it has like like see. what did FSU rank in ground you know blah 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 we were number one for 2020 or something yeah. but what do you um I mean like I know BA th- and I would love to get into how you got into theater and all that where that started yeah, um, totally. and I would also love to touch on the many other interests that I'm sure you have yeah um I mean I've always been like the theater kid I think I started in like fourth grade um, and I was always obsessed with like Hannah Montana and like Disney Channel. So I really, I always wanted to be a Disney Channel kid. I remember, did you guys ever listen to like Disney Radio? Like yeah. Disney Channel Radio was my shit. <laughs> and they did a contest where you could come be an extra. And I remember just sitting at my computer entering that like a billion times and being like, this is going to be my big break. Like I'm going to be an extra and then they're going to find me and love me and then they're going to cast me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've always just wanted to like do something in an entertainment and theater was like the main avenue. And I've kind of started dipping my toe into film. I think film is also really cool. I haven't I haven't seen a lot of it yet, but yeah. getting getting into it has been really interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So how'd you get into it? Like original. I mean, you said like fourth grade, but you said like you've always been a theater kid. Was there after that like first audition for? Was it 
What was it? That, was it Hannah Montana that you said you went for? No. So Hannah Montana was what I always watched, which made me want to be a theater kid. Okay. I think the first actual theater thing I did was Oliver in fourth okay. grade. I, th- I think that's what it was. And then in middle school, I was in like the theater club. So we did like individual Sweet. events. You would like just pick random songs from like Annie or whatever. Um, I don't think I really like understood what theater was until high school and started like actually auditioning for shows. I was in Hairspray, the classic. I oh was, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by like didn't understand what it actually was? Like I thought you just you picked a song, you learned the words, or you like picked a monologue, you learned the words, and then you did it, and that was just kind of like what okay. you did. I didn't really understand like you should probably put some more thought into it's what deeper, you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think. Every year I've done it, I've, like, found deeper things. Like, when you're 16 and you, like, first read Our Town and you're like, this is the deepest theater can go. Like, this is the meaning of life. Yeah. Um, that's when I, like, first, like, started, like, peeking my head in. But then every year since that, like, you just kind of find more about, like, being a human through theater, mm-hmm. which I know is just so, like, stereotypical and sounds so artsy. But it's so but it's true. true. It's I so mean, true. Yeah. It's theater and acting and all that stuff is. Yeah. 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 And I think that whatever hobby you have, like whether it's artsy or like another passion, like it's you're all just trying to like find some reason to be alive and like mm-hmm. theater's just that thing well, I found. Speaking of speaking of hobbies and stuff, I mean, are there, are there other things we can still talk about your experience in theater, but are there other things that aren't maybe artsy, quote unquote? that you're into yeah I, I mean it is a lot of artsy stuff I do sure. I love to write I yeah. love to read um mm. I love sign language I've really been getting back into that that was something oh, I did in high whoa. school sign yeah language. yeah it's so it's such a beautiful language and I feel like it it's really it's something that I think should be like more prevalent in America like especially American sign language because there are like deaf communities all around us yeah um but I've really been getting back into learning that and I think it kind of works with theater because it's very an expressive like emotional yeah. language and you have Definitely to like is. communicate so much through your face and obviously your hands but it's so much more nonverbal non-physical cues than I think people acknowledge like it's a lot about eye contact and mm-hmm. like just like subtle things like that so mm. I've been starting to study that again which I love mm. I, I talked to Julia about this before but like she you know I brought up it's like yeah I took Spanish one and two in high school do I remember any of it other than like the standard stuff no but yeah. you know she brought it up she was like wouldn't it be so cool if we had the option to have like if we were to take American Sign Language instead of Spanish not saying one is necessarily better than the other but to your point there are entire deaf communities and I feel like um there are entire deaf communities out there that we just don't really kind of acknowledge. And I've had I've had so many experiences where at least, I don't know, there's always a language barrier because it's different languages. But whenever I'm speaking to a deaf person, there, re- there just seems to be more of a barrier. And I wish that I learned more about it when I was younger. You yeah, know? totally. I worked with a guy at a restaurant who was deaf. And he washed the dishes. Really, really cool dude. Um, and when I first met him, I mean, when you when I first started, everybody was like, Frank can't hear you. Like it was mm-hmm. we weren't making fun of him. Like it, he we, we everybody jokes around about it. Yeah. You just kind of write it off. Right. Yeah. Right. But um, I, you know, I, I'm back there a lot putting dishes away or when I'm taking dishes back. So I would talk to him. And, you know, at first he, we have a whiteboard back there. So I would just write stuff. And That's we, cool. And yeah. we would write to each other and like learn more about each other but then i saw that we had a sign language dictionary in the back so i would every once in a while i would look at it and formulate a sentence 
and be like, he taught me one that I'll, that I don't forget, which is, how are you? Nice. Yeah. Like easy. Easy. So I would, that's how I would greet him from, from yeah. that, from then on. Nice to meet you is a good one to know. Just Ooh. a little slide, bring the fingers together. Okay. Point. Yeah. For those who can't see, we're doing the sign, but the video yeah. will be out at some point in some the point. future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I, I, but what you were saying before, it's so expressive because obviously I don't know that much from ASL, but we would end up finding our own way to communicate anyway. And yeah. it's all on expression because he would like, you know, point at something or like try to ask me something. And I could sort of get the idea from what his face was telling me. And then when we had to wear masks, it got a lot harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, Ooh, yeah, it's been especially hard with the mask. I um, I haven't been, I used to go to the floor school of deaf and blind a lot in high school when I was taking it because it was really close um, to my high school. And I remember like learning a little bit more about their campus life after mask and everything came in and it definitely changed things a lot. But mm. they're already so expressive with sure. eyes and everything. Mm -hmm. it, it really, it's just so cool how much you can communicate with so little. Yeah. I love to ask you a question and you can also weigh in on this because you're an actor but i don't know if you've watched the the newest marvel content but they have a in the movie eternals they have a character who's mute oh okay and i maybe deaf i don't know if she's also deaf i don't think she's deaf i think she's just mute but she communicates with sign language and so does everybody else when they communicate to her for the most part kind of so they can I don't That's know. Really I don't. Cool. I don't know if she's deaf or not. I can't remember. But I haven't seen Eternals yet. That was the first time either. I'd would seen a movie not with a deaf person per se, but they were like, they weren't making it a story about, oh, she's deaf. It's a superhero who just happens to be deaf and mute. So she would talk, and they would put subtitles as she was signing. And then they did the same thing in the newest Hawkeye show. Okay. The the, the villain is deaf. And it's just really cool. I was like, they're not making it like a weakness or anything. They're just kind of, it's just a person. Yeah, it's just like a part of their It's like story, normalizing yeah. it, which Whoa. it's, all, you know, I would actually, I don't know. Maybe you feel different. I would say deaf and mute is like, I don't know if people are like, I don't know, actually. It depends on who you ask. But it's just cool to see a character normalized with those traits. Yeah, yeah. I th yeah, and I think it's definitely something that, like, Hollywood and, like, media is trying to more normalize. I don't know if you guys saw Sound of Metal. Um, that was a movie that came out, I think, two oh, years ago. Aziz or not an Aziz. Yes, yeah. Riz Ahmed. Yes, Riz Ahmed, yes. Incredible, yeah. incredible. And um, I know there was a lot of discussion about that because he was a hearing actor going through the process of losing his hearing. So there, But there were a lot of characters in it um, like who were hard of hearing or fully deaf. Is it deaf. about losing your hearing from yes. music? Yes, yeah. So he's okay. like a drummer and he starts losing his hearing and he joins like a, a deaf community, like a rehab center kind of to help him learn sign language. And um, it's we've had, I like have learned a lot about the way deaf community reacted to that movie because a lot of them were like this is great representation like across the board so great but then a lot of them are like why wasn't the main actor deaf like why couldn't he have already been deaf to begin mm. with like there are so many deaf drummers out there so it's what I think anything representation wise in Hollywood there's always going to be like two sides to like is this good representation or is this kind of just like yeah. trying to shove it in for representation's sake but yeah are you trying to make it marketable based yeah. off of that yeah. yeah you know but but you know I guess progress has to start somewhere but at the same time 
I don't know. It's it's a funny situation. It is. Know? It is. Like I first watched the movie and absolutely loved it and like sobbed my eyes out. But then I read more articles about it. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not really my position to like be the Rotten Tomatoes on it, say whether this was <laughs> good or not. So I, dude, sometimes Rotten Tomatoes gives movies a rating that I completely disagree with, and um, which is why, and I, because I've had that happen so many times with movies that like I hold very close to my heart. Maybe I just have bad taste in movies. I don't know. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, because I have a friend. I'm not going to name them. But I have a friend. We both know them. Used to live with me. Who, based on the rating of a movie, they won't go and see it. Oh, that's <laughs> you know such I, a bad you know, way to look at movies. <laughs> you know that's no fun. And if, if they're listening, they know who they are right now. And I'm just poking fun. But at the same time, it's like, you never really know because it's just based on the critics who are watching it at that time. Yeah. But back to your point, I mean, I think it's so cool that... There, I, I mean, I, I had never even conceived of the idea, or I never even think of the, I, I've never thought of the concept of a villain being deaf or, or it's cool. superheroes using sign language to communicate yeah. because it's just like, it's such like a, I don't know, it's just not, it's, and it's cool that it's being normalized now. Yeah, and I'm interested to see it in Marvel because Marvel is so like worldly. You know what's yeah. funny about it is it didn't even like, effect like it wasn't it it wasn't um it wasn't a whole big to do it was just Mm -hmm. like hey this character i forgot her name i wish i knew her name but they were like talking to her and it wasn't even like she can't hear you oh they didn't didn't say anything it It was just like she just did it and you were like oh okay that's what that's how they communicate yeah Hmm. i I kind of found it refreshing because i was like i'm really glad that this movie isn't necessarily like rubbing it in my face trying to be like this person's deaf because nobody wants that i don't think the deaf community wants to no definitely not look at this person who's struggling i think it's just like yeah person Mm. yeah it just communicates this way yeah going back to bad movies i i think i have objectively bad taste in movies (laughs) but i love bad movies like my favorite movie of all time is sharknado 3 and if i don't know if you guys have seen it it's it's set in orlando they take that like the big orlando ball the universal ball to space and the woman gives birth to a shark baby in space and like i i just love bad movies i feel like you're missing out on so much good content if you skip bad movies it's so good bad movies are really good for like group events yeah yeah they're yeah they're like community bringing like you're gonna like talk during it and like have a more fun time than like i mean you're gonna have a good time during like a serious good movie but yeah 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 so then like do you so you don't watch quote-unquote bad movies and because you're an actor you're not like looking at it and critiquing all the acting or are you it it depends i think I think there's so many good actors out there um, that even really bad movies can usually squeeze in some good performances. I also mm. think I'm just not a very good critic for acting. Like even though I've like mm. spent so long studying mm. it, I still, I still sometimes can't really. People will be like, "That oh, that guy's performance is awful," and I was like, "I didn't really notice it. I was just kind of focused <laughs> on everything else." So I don't know if that's speaking to my my ability at all or anything. <laughs> but it's really hard to like articulate stuff when you you know like okay, well what did they do that was good? I don't know. It was just good. Yeah. I liked it. It was a good time, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, go, taking it broader, like, people act in so many ways that are so weird in life that, like, if you're acting weird in a movie, like, you can still kind of get away with it. Like, if you're an awkward actor, I know so many awkward people. Like, it's just, 
I don't well, know. Well, yeah, and you can also, I mean, you can justify it in a film and just be like, that's just how it was in that in that reality, yeah. in that film. That's how that person was. Mm. So <laughs> nothing ever is, I don't know who said it. Or One of my friends said this to me. Again, I'm not naming names. They were just like, there's no such thing as bad writing because you can like, you could take any, I mean, I don't think that's true necessarily, but the, the sentiment <laughs> was you could take any script and you could make it real because like you said, there's so many different types of people in reality. Yeah. You know, why can't this really weird thing that's been written be true? Yeah, mm. like any bad dialogue could just be like a weird thing yeah. someone mm. said. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, that's, and to the challenge of making it real, you were just in Heroes of the First... Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Yep. Who wrote the play? Um, Justin Arbery. And yes. directed by Jerry Sola. Yes, he here. loved Jerry Sola. Yeah, here at the Lab Theater at FSU. Um, and I know that I saw the performance and I know that it just there's a lot of heavy subject matter in that show. And I know that when going back to the point about like articulating things, it can be difficult. So, and I know that sometimes, at least based on the language that I was hearing, I mean, those are very heavy, broad concept, concepts. You're talking about religion. You're talking about politics. You're talking about all of that fun stuff. But specifically with your character, you're having to deal with, is it a physical, it's an injury, right, that happened to you beforehand? Yes. So it's um, it's alluded to, it's never like fully explained, but my character comes out on stage with a cane and makes a bunch of references to deer ticks. So, so assuming something along the lines of Lyme disease, oh. like she, and it's up, it's up in the north in Wyoming. So it's assumed that she was probably bit by a deer tick and is dealing with like the repercussions of mm. Lyme disease, mm. um, which is... A very interesting disease. It's something that can manifest in so many different ways, which is really cool as an actor because I could kind of not pick and choose symptoms, but see which symptoms the character was kind of suggesting towards. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Yeah. It was, it was a very interesting process. Um, I've never gotten to like talk on stage about stuff that feels so timely. Like we were talking about Steve Bannon, like the day he got indicted, like it's, it it was the first time I had done something just so of the moment, Mm -hmm. which was really, really cool. And it felt very, felt very personal. Felt so it was real. it was written recently. Yes, it was written in 2019. Um it was or 2018 set in 2019. Um and it was written um like the play takes place a week after the Charlottesville riots. So um mm. it's very very charged. Mm. Yeah. So what was the how did you handle going back to like language and communicating and all that? I mean, it's like it's our job as actors to Ted and I were talking about this before. Um you're recording the intro for the episode episode 11. And, you know, it's like there are certain we, – we play to our strengths and we help each other out with our weaknesses, right? So, like, in certain aspects, if, like, like it's my job to communicate to people, right? And he got a degree in writing. So every time I write something, any – like, I'm like, can you please look at this? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, he, and he always fixes it, you know. But, like, and we were recording the intro today and it was just, like, we did a few takes – and then, like, there was a part where I was like, do I really have to do it again? And it's just like, just one more time. It'll be great. And then the last one was golden, <laughs> you know? But it's like, it's great. But to that point, communicating, it's our job as actors to do that, to take words on a page that seemingly seem very bland and then give it life. So with a character that you're having to deal with, just a show in general that has such heavy subject matter, speaking to religion and politics and race as well, right? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, 
how do you take that language while also juggling your physicality if I'm dealing with Lyme's disease as your character was and how do you what, what is the process of that like do you do you take any of that home with you or do you leave it all out on the stage Oh, okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of parts to that. I know. It's so loaded. (laughs) Um, I'd say in the beginning of the whole process, we, we had lots and lots of conversations about the subject matter, lots of talks about sensitivity because it's, it's very loaded. We're talking about, like you said, race, abortion, like all of these high button issues, um, that we all obviously bring like strong opinions to, I think being artists and theater majors, we, a lot of people assume that we all lean to the same side, but we also did didn't want to like push anyone away that could be there that has different views mm-hmm. um but also i i'm very passionate about the views i have so um <laughs> and i was lucky because my character has a lot of the same views i have to a point there's a there's a big scene in the play where i get in a fight with a woman about abortion and mm-hmm. i'm f- fighting on the side of um pro-choice which is the stance i do take and she's mm-hmm. fighting pro-life and even though some of the arguments that my character were making were different because she's very christian and like Christianity motivates all of her beliefs, I was still able to kind of funnel my beliefs into that and use like my actual passion I have about those things to add passion to the scene. Mm. Um, And I think with the physicality of my character, it really forced me to focus on the words and focus on everything I was saying. I mean, it is a thick script like there's it's so thick it is it's ridiculous Oof. i felt i like i knew the first thing my parents were gonna say after seeing it was like how did you memorize all those lines but it was genuinely <laughs> like i don't know how i'm gonna memorize all these lines um Dang. yeah but i think any subject matter like that that is very current or very just divided in any way you have to go with a, a brand of sensitivity that the characters in the show would call um, snowflakeness or whatever terms they mm. want to like push it down on. But you do have to just kind of be sensitive to that and also know that if you approach it well and you speak on it well, hopefully mm. it'll inspire conversations afterwards, which was our only goal with it was mm-hmm. to leave people wanting to talk about those issues and wanting to talk about their right. views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was there is a lot to think about yeah. <laughs> with that show. Yeah. I mean, it, it brings a lot to the table. Yeah. Um, and I want to, I guess, I want to know what it was like working with your, what, what was it like? Because you, you did the show, but it was basically all college students. Yep, yeah. You know, I mean, and then other one, than Erica Stone. Yes, yeah. So yeah. we had one professor who played my mother in it, which was really cool, having like a an older actor. Mm-hmm. So this more was... More experienced. For the most, it was a, I mean, it was a student theater production, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fully student run. We had a, like a professor advisor who was like supposed to kind of be helping us. Love you, Tate. But um, he kind of wasn't there a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) He has more, more stuff to deal with. Um, But yeah, student, student theater is very interesting. I think we don't give enough credit to the parts of um, theater that we have money behind and support behind and just big budgets in general just like really help a lot that you don't really see it on like the nicely combed surfaces and the smoothed edges but when you're doing it all student-led with people who have jobs and have like three essays to write after they finish rehearsal and who like just got broken up with last week so they're coming in with all of that loaded stuff oh my like gosh. it's it's a lot and it was it was a very stressful experience I got the flu during it which was just like the worst oh, thing man. like that knocked me on my ass for like a week and then I had to come back and like 
like play a sick person, which gave it like <laughs> even more loadedness. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Student, I don't student led stuff. It, it, I think everyone needs to do it at least once. Like do something just like so low budget that you're doing every part of it all together because mm. it really humbles you and it makes you appreciate when you do have more support and more money and people behind you helping yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, and I know that there's a lot of benefits that come with that. Like as far as being able to spread the word about certain things that you feel passionate about that maybe other playwrights wouldn't write about. Um, and I know that, I mean, the show is such a Jerry show, it's ridiculous. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fully. Um, I mean, for those listening, you know, episode two, Jerry Solo, if you haven't listened, go ahead and give it a listen if you want. Um, but he is a very, he's a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> he's a thinker yeah. for sure. And that was a perfect play for him because it was, for lack of a better term, quite dense. And yes. I think that... You know, as far as, and I think that that's, you know, there are so many thoughts that needed to get out, and it was just wonderful seeing, in my opinion, Jerry pick a show that so wonderfully exemplified how his mind works in a lot of ways. Definitely, yeah. Uh, he he, <laughs> did, he didn't write it, but, like, it, it is very much his mind. Like, yeah. it's fully just how, like, he's overflowing. Someone's and... at my front door. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Maggie and I will take care of it. Yes. Yeah, but it was it was really cool to see his, his mind flow through all of that. And also him take on, like, he had never directed before, him take on so many different leadership roles, him deal with so mm-hmm. many different aspects of taking it on. It is cool to see your peers and your friends figure stuff out like that yeah. so yeah is it weird seeing people like put on different hats because like i know that with brie brianna for yes. brianna allow episode one everyone <laughs> <laughs> but but uh i know that when she's in class versus when she's directing like she's a completely different person director yeah. brie totally different ball game you oh know? i can't imagine so what but is, she's a phenomenal director oh she's so oh it's she's incredible. so good she's so yeah. good oh yeah and definitely not in like a negative way it's still fun working with brie when she's a director but it's you know you gotta get your work done yeah homie, you know and that's yeah. what i mean by like so what was it like working with jerry was it any different yeah, definitely. I think you um, you kind of check your friendship at a certain point. And we, we actually had a couple chats where he was like, are we okay? Like, we haven't, like, just hung out as friends in a while because we've been doing rehearsal every night. I'm like, Jerry, we're fine. We're chilling. <laughs> but I think, you, I think you do just see, like, a different side of people. You see um, different strengths that you didn't really know they had. Um, he's, he's very – he loves monologuing. Like, his life is just a continuous monologue. If you get in a conversation <laughs> with him, he'll just – Chat and chat and chat, and um, as a, and so being a director, he wanted to just constantly talk about the material, talk about what we're doing, and sometimes we had to pull him in and be like, okay, let's do it now, let's do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is great. I I love people that can put on different hats and like do so many different mm. things. I I was thinking about the other day, someone um, you probably got this advice when you were like in high school as a freshman, um, like if you can imagine yourself doing anything else besides theater, like do that instead. Like you have to be so driven in theater that it's the one thing you want to oh, do, yeah, I've heard and that like many times. yeah. And now when I think about the advice, I'm like that is so stupid. Yeah, like I don't you, agree with that at all. you should totally have so many other things you want to pursue because any other pursuits you have, artistic or not, are only going to make you a better artist. Like yeah. I think I think people that lock themselves in their room and like read theory books all day about art and everything, like they're not they're not grasping like the realness of it they're not grasping the what more could be there yeah and oh i'm so glad that you said that because it's you we get into this like ah 
into the fast lane, I guess. But like we just like we keep going forward. We hop. We decide that we want to do theater or whatever. I mean, this I think this could apply to anything. But like we stick to that thing, and it's like only do that one thing if you want to be successful. Yeah. I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I mean, having it <laughs> come out of your mouth again, it's like you got to have other things to do. Yeah. You got to get your mind off of the thing that yes, you might love and you find very. Um, fulfilling and you're very passionate about it and everything like that but at the same time you know you gotta give yourself to have a break you know if you want to go home and watch friends you know for a little bit then get you know the tv show then get, <laughs> don't watch people just, please. Just, just watching your friends hang out be like this is so interesting <laughs> yeah but like if you know if you want to go watch a tv show if you want to go read a book if you want to go write something it's important that you do that and as far as like this podcast goes it's like I mean, yeah, it gives me some stress, and it's a little bit more time on my plate. But it's like, if I was only acting, I would lose my mind. Oh, I would fl- like everyone would go crazy. <laughs> I think that's why so many actors go crazy is because they like just lean into it so much and don't actually go touch grass. Like I, that's an overused term, but like it's so true. Like you need to step out into the real world. And I think like even outside of actor people, like there's so much focus on like side hustles or like having like so many hobbies that like one keeps you fit, one keeps you dead. Why can't we just live? Why can't we just do the things we love? Like, there's For real. yeah, like I think um, there's a word like trying to like use your time so efficiently all the time, just like make mm, use of every second you have. Yeah, and it, like obviously time management is important, but I think there's also something to be said for just kind of letting life flow a you little bit more. Don't want to get more. burned out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, guy came by our front door. He's running for Leon County Commissioner. Oh. He seems like he's kind of an unknown because he's just going to doors and i was like you caught me in the middle of something and he was like you recording a podcast and i was like yeah you want to be on a podcast and he was like maybe so <laughs> what i'll uh hit up i'll hit him up that's pretty interesting. cool interesting we'll have, have a little that'll be that'd be fun that would be interesting wow. anyway yeah. don't mean handsome and successful and he, it was him himself was dropping him, him himself. off yeah joey gotta, lamar you gotta appreciate the hustle maybe we'll get him on there a voice for the people. I'm just going to be like, hey, you came to my door. I was recording a podcast. Uh, do you want to be on? <laughs> Talk about your stuff. Anyway. That'd be, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. I kind of walked yeah. in in the middle of this, but. Uh, we were talking about like just like side. Hu- I mean, you mentioned Maggie that, you know, it's just like it's always important to have those. Maggie, what are your side hustles? You do? Yeah. I mean, my main hustler right now, I work at a preschool, so I get, I change diapers and chase children for a living. It's, it's really cute. It has its moments where it's fun. It has its moments where I want to rip my hair out. Um, But (laughs) what's the gnarliest diaper story you have? So I, think <laughs> I was actually, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to kind of sidestep that question because I, yeah, I really hope my boss never listens to okay, this, but I was, it. I no I was telling my roommate who also works there. I am amazing at getting out of changing diapers. Like that is, I go to work and I always find a way to do something else. I'm like, Oh, the trash needs to be taken out. I'll go do that. You can start the diapers. You know, like <laughs> when you have your own child, if, if, and when you have your own child, you can't do that. I know, I know. So, well, I'll cross that bridge if and when I get there. But, but for now, I do. I am pretty no, amazing at getting out of changing diapers. That's sweet. <laughs> you work at a preschool. Yeah, yeah. It kind of just randomly happened. I thought it would be good. I, I really want to travel in the future, and I thought like childcare is kind of something that's worldwide that's that could take true. me anywhere. That's so, smart. yeah. So that was kind of my my thought I never process thought about behind that. that. Yeah. yeah. Childcare. 
needed all over the world. You really do. And yeah, yeah. and I think I, uh, this might be an American, very American view, but I feel like English, you can also kind of take a lot of places sure. and figure it out. So, oh, for sure. So but also if you went somewhere else, I mean, I'm sure you would learn the language there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that can take me somewhere. We'll see. We shall cool. see. Why, yeah. what, what makes you drawn to children? I, I don't know. I think they're they're very present. They're very like just very single focused, very one track mind. They're very loving. I get like a million hugs a day, which is so good for like my touch star body. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like they really just give me everything. Um, I don't know. I do, I'm not one of those people that's always been like, I have to be a mother. Like, I don't know if I'll ever yeah. really have kids. And if I do, I'll probably adopt. <laughs> mm. Bless you. But um but yeah, I just I I like working with them, and I like mm. I like the honestly childcare has given me like a lot of perspective on like the way the system works. Like it's much more of a business. I I mean I'm interacting with the children on the daily, but I also get to see like the business aspects of it. So it's very customer service, just like mm. appealing to the parents that are paying for their children to be there too. So mm. I don't yeah. know. It's it's an interesting time. Yeah. Do you think that applies to just? Do you think that applies to, like the school? system system in general I think so yeah I think like teachers are freaking amazing and like everything they do but they also are like business people they're also salesmen they're selling themselves to the parents they're like trying to cultivate the children's minds but also check off every box that the parent wants check off every box that the like state of Florida wants them to do Mm. I don't know I I can't imagine being in like like I'm in I work for like a private preschool I think I don't know if there's like public preschools but it's like a privately funded type of deal and I can't imagine working for like a public system in that mm. way because I'm sure it's so much more bureaucratic because, and yeah and like teachers like you said they have to meet these standards that the state gives them and so it's like such a business kind yeah. of thing like mm. you have to it's almost like you know you got to reach a what's the word you know a quota yeah totally yeah. totally mm-hmm. that, that so that's why it's kind of nice to work with younger kids where we like have curriculum and like they're supposed to be learning things but it's like showing them the letter c like i could be the first person like literally teaching them a letter that they're gonna use every day for the rest of their lives which is so cool oh that's me. crazy yeah and i i remember someone um one of these kids learned my name maggie and he's like you're the only person i know named maggie like and he just kept saying that's maggie cool. maggie over again i'm like you're gonna meet other people named maggie one day and maybe i don't know <laughs> No, that could totally leave your brain or you could think of me Aww. like every day from the rest of forever yeah. so that's what really draws me to being there's such a huge part of me that really wants to be a teacher at least for a little bit in my life because yeah. I mean like you really have such a direct impact on kids lives and that's kind of well, that's what brings me the f- most fulfillment you know at least trying to make it somewhat of a good difference right so yeah. it's just like that kind of stuff like it literally it's like having this is going to be a really weird analogy but like having a cat Mm-hmm. And like you being their sole protector and provider, you're like, wow, I kind of control your whole world. Like yeah. I control the narrative that you have right now. And it's, but like literally, like I keep my cat inside of my apartment. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you're crazy. not allowed outside. I'm sorry. You can yeah. only have this food. This is the things like I, I he, he is completely dependent on what I decide for him. And in a way, exactly how we are as children at least get into a point so yeah. it's yeah. like I they kind of like put that in perspective to me it's like oh my gosh like I, I think about this all the time but like life is really a narrative that we tell ourselves sometimes yeah you know? or at least that's that's 
that's what I choose to believe, right? Yeah. You know? And there's something so innately loving, like with the children I work with and with your cat. Like they they know or they don't really know that they're dependent on you, but they still love you anyway. Like they still will just give you a hug or give you snuggles. I'm sure. Like they don't <laughs> they don't really understand the reason why they're doing it, like fully consciously at that level. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe cats do. I think cats are probably way smarter than we give them credit for. But oh, they're so smart. Yeah. 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 But it is it is sweet. It is. It is loving. My yeah. roommate just got a kitten, and, um, you know, the kitten was playing with my cat, and, you know, they were having a good time. My cat's the largest cat out of the four that we have at our house, including the kitten. Um, but, you know, they're just, like, messing around, and the kitten, I guess, bit a little too hard on Asha. Uh, yes. So Asha went, meow, hissed at the kitten, and then took his paw and, like, bopped the kitten on the head. Like, it was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was so cute seeing him, like, discipline a little yeah. baby. It was... <laughs> and that's even, like, a funnier power structure you think about. Like, they're all dependent on you, but then there's, like, a hierarchy within the cats themselves. Yes. Like, that oh is so gosh, funny. Oh, my gosh. It's so weird. Ugh. And I just, I love that. I feel like, have, have you found that maybe through childcare, at least I know with my cat, it's made me a bit more sensitive to things, and it's made me a bit more like understanding and how they really are like you said like they aren't really fully thinking about what they're doing right now so has that helped you in like your reactions to things like going back to discipline for example like how my cat disciplined the kitten like what do you do in a circumstance where you're a teacher at a preschool and a kid does something they're not supposed to it's hard it's it's very hard there's i you have to you take you have to be very present and you have to always like take a moment before you say what you want to say. Like I'm, I'm as being careful with my words right now is how careful I have to be with the children all the time. Cause you can't instinctually react because you know, that won't be an effective form of communication. It's really made me realize like how to be effective with children. Like the other day, this kid had grabbed scissors and you know, that's like the one thing you're not supposed to no. let kids grab. They're, they're kid scissors. Like they're not going to actually hurt themselves, but he had grabbed the scissors. So I was trying to explain to him, no, you can't have the scissors. No, no, no. And he kept yelling at me. He was hiding on their table fighting. And then finally he was like, I just want you to respect me because you asked that kid to put the toy away, but you didn't ask me to put the toy away. And it was this whole moment of like, like, oh no, I like show this kid just wanted to feel like empowered to like for me to give him responsibility to do something. So I was like, okay, you go put these scissors away. I'm trusting you that you're gonna be okay with these scissors and put them away. And he did, and it was a beautiful moment. It really came full circle, That's even so cool. though it like did leave me with a gray hair and I went home and like had to have a glass of wine afterwards. <laughs> like they're really yeah, and there's and there's so many amazing teachers there. Like there's some people, I don't think I'm one of the people who's like naturally a teacher, but there's some of them that just naturally know like how to tell kids what to do immediately and get them to listen Mm. i've been slowly learning working there for like a year now like how to how to get into the minds but you do have Mm. moments like that where you're like okay i can i can actually discipline you with like thought instead of just threatening to go get the Mm. the principal to come yell at you we've all been there too i think it's i think kids are super amazing to like watch and interact with because we still have that in us 
Yeah. Like, we've all felt like that kid who's like, I just want you to respect me. And yeah. So, you know, I could do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? And you we've know, all like, had... We still feel that now. In yeah. A way. And or, we've all had, like, explosions for, like, to something, but it's for, like, a completely different reason that it takes us a second to vocalize, like, what Usually in traffic or something. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. I have the worst road rage on earth. My, room, <laughs> my roommate is always just, like, petting my arm, being like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, dude, I try so hard to not let road rage like overtake me but mm-hmm. i don't usually yell or anything but there's moments i constantly i have to be like just calm down yeah <laughs> you're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get where you're trying to go it's all good <laughs> i see i see the benefit in like staying calm staying at peace all that voodoo voodoo but i also see the benefit in just having like mini outbursts sometimes you gotta let your like yeah out. sometimes you just gotta like let it scream like that's why i like sing in the car at the top of my lungs like sometimes you just have to like let mm-hmm. everything out of your body mm-hmm. i was yeah. i was driving home last night listening to um nothing new by taylor swift i don't know if you guys are swifties um, but she has a line. Um, I'm about to turn 22 this weekend, as we were talking about on the 22nd episode. I love numbers. Dude. It's very. Oh my! We didn't even talk about that yet. We'll episode get to, 22. We'll get to, we just turned 22. Yes. Wow. Look at that. But I, she has a lyric said, um, "How can a person know everything at 18 and nothing at 22?" And for like the span of that lyric, I sobbed and then immediately was like, "I have to go somewhere. Like, what am I doing?" And just kind of like swallowed it back up. And I think that mini release was just what I needed to like go through the rest of my night. And then I watched your show. It was beautiful, Aww. but sometimes I think I think cars are a very just like explosive place, and then you gotta like suck it all back in and Dude, keep going. Crying feels so good. It really does. Yeah. Even even when it like hurts so bad and oh. you don't mm. want to. Like, I used to not let myself. Yeah, and then you do, and you're like, oh, that's all I needed the entire time, which is to let it out for a little bit. And yeah, then, man. Oh, that's yeah. So- <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I feel it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ah, I kind of want to cry right now, but I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I can give you something you to cry about. Have you ever had a cry that's just like, why? Am, I don't know why I'm crying oh, right now. Oh, all but the I'm time. Crying. All the time. Yeah. Like you're I, just laying in your bed and you're like, I have to let this out. Yeah. No, I, I've done a lot of research, not just like talking like feminine wise, but like hormones in general. Yeah. I'm, I'm very affected by hormones and I will start sobbing over nothing and then realize, okay, I ate like a lot of McDonald's today that's like pumped with so many hormones. Like I'm probably just like reeling from something like that or my period's mm. going to start in a day and that's just coming. But yeah, mm. I think I think we don't give enough credit for like our body's physical need to cry and like the physical chemical so reactions when mm-hmm. you you just like have to let something out because your body doesn't oh. know what else to do with the chemicals. I'm a very sciencey person, if you can. You, oh, I can well, I'm really appreciating it though because it's like you know because I'm not a very sciencey person myself, so I don't go out of my way to say things like that. You know, so it's just nice to have someone else say it. And be like, oh yes, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, I th- I think I ha- I like have to intellectualize it enough to make it make sense, so I don't like just think I'm going crazy. Like I'm like, why am I sobbing for three hours? Okay, let me try to figure hormones. out like what could actually be happening. Hormones. It's, it's, it's just in, always blamed on hormones. hormones. Yeah. 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 Whatever, man. It's whatever. It's McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I think it's probably a good time to take a break, and we'll Sweet. come back, um, and we'll see you guys soon. Be right back. Hello, and welcome back. That was a nice little break. Hope you enjoyed the Patreon ad. <laughs> anyway, um, so so far we've been talking about many things. We've been talking about your love for theater, your love for children, your love for the deaf community, um, many things, and your love for just your need to get those your need passions to cry. out. Talk, your need yeah. to cry, to talk, to be in your car and let it all out. So <laughs> what has 
I, you know, through me posing this question, I'm trying to find a through line of all of these things that have happened to you that we've talked about so far, because it seems like you are just a caring individual, not to, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, you're very, Thanks, you're very nice, love. caring individual. <laughs> I think your character, like you said, is very similar to you in Heroes of the Fourth Turning. You're a very kind individual, and I'm sure that having those similar perspectives helped you with that. Um, but I was wondering if there's anything that you found through exploring theater or through exploring sign language or childcare that you found something intrinsically human that kind of resides in all of those things. Or if not, something that's something different about those things that has brought, has reminded you about humanity in some way. Dang, that's a good question. Very loaded, sorry. Very loaded. No, I love a loaded question. I feel like there's there's so much to unpack, but also I feel like sometimes with loaded questions, you can just like pinpoint one little thing and that'll take us somewhere. So yeah, let's see. I <laughs> it's don't usually know. what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I think I always have to remind myself in all of these things that it's so stereotypical, but like you're not alone. Nothing you've ever thought or felt is like so singular that like you're gonna have to suffer with that like every day for the rest of your life. Like there's always someone who's who's been in a similar position or experienced similar things. I don't know, just empathizing with people. That was a word that was said a lot in here. It was just like mm. empathy and trying to understand other people. And like I was talking about with like them and with the kid, like I kind of got to empathize with him more, even though he can be like such a little brat. I'm like, he just really wants this. Um, and I think that's what theater is, just trying to empathize with the human experience and figure out that we're not all alone all the time even when I'm crying in my car being like I'm so alone no one understands this like you're really not it's it, there's yeah I think that's what ev- I think in the grand scheme of things everything is just about trying to articulate that thing of like I know what I'm feeling everyone feels a little bit and you're mm. trying to Put those pieces together. Yeah, yeah. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. everything. There's a. I'll just relate this to, to a poet that I really like, um, William Carlos Williams. Okay. And he basically, he. I don't even know the exact quote, but he had. He basically said something like, you know, everything we do, we do to bring us a little bit of pleasure doesn't matter what it is. And yeah. I, you're sort of touching on that. It's not the same exact idea, but it's like everything we do, we do to find purpose yeah. and to connect with somebody else. Like, you know, working at a preschool is a connection or, you know, what do you do with your spirit? Yeah, I know what you do with your spare time. You take I mean, care of a cat. I take care of a cat, but I also, you know, at least with the podcast, I go out of my way to try to connect with a different human every week. So that's, that's something. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you use the word like, pleasure and purpose kind of interchangeably because I've been thinking a lot about my purpose and like what I may be here for and that is like an idea that stresses me out to no degree like Mm. I I kind of hate the thought that like like yeah I like hate thinking that I have one thing I have to do because that feels like it robs me of pleasure it feels like going for one thing or not even like one thing but one idea I don't know I've I've really kind of given up the idea that I have yeah. a purpose which kind of sounds morbid and sad but I think it's kind of it's been really freeing to be like I don't really have to do I, I or, think or I, maybe the purpose is to just live 
Yeah, yeah. I think when I was younger, like I said, I was obsessed with Hannah Montana. Like, I wanted to be famous, but then I kind of shrunk that down to, like, I want to make a mark on a lot of people. Like, um, there's that quote that, like, you die twice, like, once when you actually die and once when people stop saying or say your name for the last time. (gasps) And I learned that in, like, third Mm, grade, and that stressed me out because I was like, oh, I want to, like... Legacy. Yeah, legacy, be remembered, like, have a purpose that outlives me. But I think... I've kind of given up on that, and it's really freeing to just be like, I'm going to do some mm. stuff while I'm alive, and then I'm going to die. And you want to know something? I was thinking about this when you were saying that. You're, te- you're having some sort of impact on these children. Yeah. And then, you know, they're going to grow up, and they're going to have – some of them are going to have kids. You're gonna, I mean, they're not. Maybe they won't be like. Remember Miss Maggie? Yeah. But, you know, I just like you're gonna some. You're gonna imprint on somebody somehow, and that's gonna get passed on. Yeah, so. and yeah, you don't have to try. So you don't have to make it such like a valiant effort, unless you want to. Unless you do feel like so driven with that purpose, then that's great. But mm-hmm. you can just let like your life have its little like yeah. dwindlings of imprinting mm. on people. People will remember you. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so then this leads me to another question. Yes. What is your faith? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I was very, I was like raised pseudo-Christian. Like I went to like vacation Bible school just as like a way for my parents to like kind of have a week in in the summer, honestly. That's kind of what I looked at. I never really went to church every week. I kind of dabbled with like Christianity in middle school. And then I got really into like law of attraction, spirituality, all of that in high school, like Mm. very much like the universe or whatever. Um, And now I've kind of gotten back to a point of like, I know there's something up there. I wouldn't say I'm like, I believe in nothing, but I don't really know what it is. And I... Pretty agnostic, you'd say? Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of, I think obsessing over it or like thinking about it too much ruins my mood for lack of a better way to explain mm-hmm. it like it i think sorry i asked the question <laughs> no you're fine no i mean it is it is good to think about because it is like it is the reason there is something or some reason we're all here some for something but i don't know i i yeah i really i really don't know and i i like thinking of all the options i love the simulation theory like even though i, I think it's total horseshit i think it's also really fun to think about like what if this is a video game and like when i'm randomly crying in my car it's just because some person was like make their sim cry in their <laughs> that car. was that outburst that you had literally like, i have to go somewhere <laughs> literally, like yeah like someone had just not plugged in the code well enough and then there was like okay give them a task like let's go yeah that's why we get in our cars and just scream randomly literally <laughs> there's a bug with the game <laughs> yeah so i yeah i got no fucking clue about what the as long as that doesn't worry you I mean, yeah you're so open about it which is cool you're like I have no idea yeah. with a smile on your face so. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean if my parents listen to this they'll probably be stressed out and be like you need mm-hmm. to figure something out but I yeah. don't know yeah it's well yeah. it's like whenever I would talk about the simulation theory my whole thing was like if this is a simulation, I don't know the difference, so yeah. I'm not gonna worry about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, this is this is consciousness, from what I understand, right? I'm making yeah. this decision. Mm-hmm. This is all I know. But so. most yeah. of the things, most of our bodily functions are subconscious. Like we don't mm-hmm. think about breathing. We don't think about. That's just the best best example I can think of. But like we don't think about a lot of stuff. Hearing. We don't think <laughs> about smelling. You know, yeah. just like the way that we perceive the world is not necessarily that we're consciously doing that. It's just because it's just happening. So then therefore we like creating thoughts out of it and all that wonderful meta 
stuff that we can get into if we really want to. But at the same time, it's very interesting because, like I said, when I ask you, what's your faith? You said, I have no idea with a smile on your face. And there are also people in the world with that same question. They will kill to yeah. seek the answer to that question. It's what you literally what I mean? every war has ever been fought over. Like, it's, oh. yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I had something to say, but it left my mind. It's, well, yeah, it's weird to think how about. Do you, so how do you juggle, I mean, I guess going back to, because it's the, it's the most recent thing I've seen you in and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with Heroes of the Fourth Turning, dealing with religion and politics and everything like that, and I mean, you guys are openly discussing how, crazy stuff is and how people are dying and everything like that um is that is that another part of what drives you to be an artist and everything to like a little bit yeah i think i think when i'm creating art whenever like art is happening around me it is like the closest i feel to like being a human to like be Mm. like to being like close to the answer i guess or like close to Mm. whatever it could be um I yeah and I, it was also really interesting to learn so much about like Christianity and Catholicism through that show cuz like I mm. said I've kind of like dipped my toe into it um but it is it is interesting to think about people who like that is their reason for everything and it's why they do everything and it's it's yeah it's I yeah I just can't I can empathize with someone who like uses that as their reasoning for everything but I just can't wrap my head around like Mm -hmm. having one thing telling me what to do I don't know just because you understand doesn't mean you agree yeah and this this might this probably sounds like really self-righteous to people that like are Mm -hmm. very humble to Jesus or whatever and I still believe like there's good aspects of religion that you can take like the golden rule like treat us how you want to be treated like that's great like we should all take the bits and pieces that work but then and there's also parts of the Bible that you need to acknowledge are probably a little outdated or written by a white man. Like that's, we can we can go deeper into all of this. Yeah, yeah that's the craziest yeah. part is that you know there's like so I mean there's so many good parts and it's just weird that people can justify. It's hard. It's weird how people justify the bad parts. But yeah. I mean, even those who aren't religious do the same thing. You know, you yeah. litter and you're like, it's all good. It's not going to yeah. happen. Or like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. We all justify shitty actions on the daily. Yeah. Dude, I had a friend. This is a random thought, but mm-hmm. I hate this. You see, this is in high school. You used to go to like Target or something, and he would take something off the shelf and then not put it back in like the right <laughs> spot. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, that. what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, so it's somebody's job to put it back. I'm helping them make money. And I'm uh, like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are. You're not. Yeah. That's so mean. And that's someone who's so clearly never worked at Target or worked yeah. in the service industry or, like, the customer yeah. service industry. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you. I'm could. sure he grew up because, you know, he was, like, you know, 15. Oh, but. yeah. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're all pieces of shit when we're a Everybody teenager. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going back to turning 22. I feel just so far removed from being a teenager that freaks me out because I loved being a teenager but I also yeah. acknowledged like how inherently bad you are when you're a teenager oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah early 20s man we're graduating and college isn't that weird it's, it's so scary it's, it's so, so weird. weird welcome but welcome I mean hey yeah. it's, it's, but on that same topic it's a great segue because I would love to know what you plan on doing after yeah. you graduate with all yeah. of these things that you've learned so far yeah you're that, gonna go to Europe and teach preschool and act in uh, in London you know that that is the dream <laughs> like you you're kind of right on the nose I um I really want to get out of America like first okay, thing so that's for sure yeah that's my like number one goal I'm, I'm applying to like jobs and random random things um hopefully I can do something 
like theater or film adjacent, that's like in in my mind, it's like a tier. Like if I could work in like a theater or on like a film set, amazing, killer, I'll do that. If I can do something like childhood related or child work related, but still be abroad and still like get to see theater and experience like the culture and stuff, that's great. If I can't get a job over there and I just have to get like the six month travel visa, I'm just gonna get over there and try to start just like taking it yeah. as much as I can and then come back here and figure it out later. Mm. But um, that's just like my main priority right now i really realized yeah so you really want to now where in the world do you want to go like preferably europe yeah um asia asia definitely (laughs) down the line like i'm so fascinated with that culture because i know literally nothing about it but um but i think london is my main aim right now we were we were both supposed to go to london summer of 2020 um and i like it's just been like dying in me since then and I kind of like rearranged my priorities after mm-hmm. all of that happened and realized like I just need to mm-hmm. need to get there so yeah. bad and I can't even like articulate why I just need to need to get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be a great experience, I'm sure when you're there you need to see like what is the big uh Big Ben. What is well? There is Big Ben. <laughs> there is. There Big is. Ben. But the uh, the theater. The the, uh, the globe. The globe. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 I would yeah. love to see a show at the globe. Yeah. It's like standing room only. Like like ten dollar tickets or ten euro tickets. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's. Oh my I, god. Yeah. So why Europe? I I can't really articulate it. I um I've always loved. My mother is a huge reader, and she's the only reason that I still read, like, a little bit. Like, she reads, like, three books a day, and she loves... She's Three like, books a day? Or three books a week, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But mm. she she reads, like, at least three hours a day. Like, she's yeah. always reading. And she has always passed on, like, London books to me. Um, and I just... There's something about their sense of humor, like, their wit, and just also yeah. the accessibility of their theater. Like I was saying, like, yeah. a 10-euro ticket is unheard of here. Like, something mm. so easily... Um, like such quality that's so easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know much about theater history to be honest, and I know that theater probably. I mean, it originated with what the Greeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah. every culture probably had their own version of it. Yeah. But I guess what I mean is, I, f- I what I really want to ask is, I know London and England in particular is kind of a hub for theater. Um, would you th- would you guys say that the English kind of like set a standard for what theater is today or it was that sort of all of europe or was it asia i don't know that's a, that's a it's a loaded question you know. it's a debate yeah right. i don't I'm know sure there's a ton of perspectives. it's it's definitely a it's set a standard of a type of theater like right. a very specific angle on it i think i'm more interested now though in the history well, one, the history of just Europe in general, like America is so baby compared to like all of the history <laughs> there. Like they have churches there that are like thousand, like a thousand years old. Yeah, like yeah. I can't even wrap my head around like the ghosts that have to be in there. Well, yeah, three hundred years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I'm I am more interested in the theater that's come out that's so different from the theater of history historical past I think it's just Mm -hmm. like a hub of like new and exciting stuff and like Mm -hmm. trying like new things there Mm -hmm. um that like it's obviously happening around the world and in New York and probably in America other places but I feel like there's just yeah there's just like a breeding ground because there's so much history for so many new things to happen that I like don't even know yet so Mm. and you know this might this might not make sense but I always think about that how Europe has such a long history 
do you think that impacts the theater culture? Like, do you think, what I mean by that is, you know, this is a really high, heady concept that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to explain, but, you know, we're Americans and our, obviously our families come from other places, but our country does not really have relatively that long of a, like a culture. Our traditions come from everybody else's. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas, yeah, whereas, that's a good way to, that's actually perfect. Whereas in, whereas in England, there's all, there's these really old traditions that are ingrained into the culture and society and the way that they talk and hang out and do things do you think that sort of I mean you haven't been there so maybe you can't really answer yeah but just from what you guys have learned do you think that kind of changes things yeah I think it well we've definitely learned how like like we were saying the standing room only was used to be like for peasants and like it's we've learned like the history of like what the globe is like and stuff but I think what you're talking about like this sensibilities yeah this yeah this history and just this like knowledge of traditions that we don't really have um is probably what's pulling me there so much just wanting to know like other traditions and know like Mm. other because we were saying i don't really have a faith like maybe i'll find some more like reasons over there because there's just so many years and years more of history yeah i don't know well and and people say when they go like my family's family's from poland okay So, and other parts of Europe, but, like, I feel like if I went to Poland, maybe I would feel some sort of kinship. That's why I want to go to Scotland so bad. Right, feel something when I'm on that land, and it's, like, because I do think, and I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like there's got to be some sort of genetic, like, connection to places that are so old like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you guys believe in ghosts? I don't, personally. I... I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm neutral but I've had some I believe in the power of belief. I've said this before. So I think okay. that if you go into a scenario and right before somebody told you by the way this place is haunted, I think you're going to mind is do everything in its power to make it seem like that place is haunted. So every creak and crack and I don't know, everything is going to prove that it's haunted. Yeah. But at the same time I have heard some crazy stories that cannot be explained other than by the paranormal or the supernatural, whatever you want to put it. Yeah. But you believe in ghosts? What about you? I do. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I've definitely had some weird experiences, and I think I, I grew up in a house that was, like, on a Civil War <clears throat> battlefield that was for sure Whoa. haunted, but I can't Im- from? I'm from Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. um, and yeah, like we would like my I would sleep in my mom's bed even as like a fourth grader because like we would like hear like people walking. We would hear like a door that was dead bolted moving. Like I for sure believe in that. But I also feel like a place with even more history than just like America has to be so haunted. And maybe that's kind of that genetic oh, pull of what no. you feel might be like your England's your family. So like haunted, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Spend a night in, like, an old castle. Yeah, or, like, an old church. I Like I said, I don't really care about religions, but I think, like, the old churches are so beautiful and yeah. so mysterious. Like they so what do you think that, What do you think these ghosts are? What do you, are, they, are they human? What are they? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, okay, this, this might get really weird. You guys might really lose me on this one. But I think <laughs> yeah. ghost 
aliens and deep sea, like the part of the sea that we haven't explored, deep sea creatures are all something of like kind of the same. Like they're all these things that are different than humans, but are close enough that we can kind of rationalize with them or think about what they could be. But they all have to live in a different kind of plane than what we can Dude. live in. So mm. one thing that I can re- relate with on that is my idea well i like the idea that aliens are uh angels that are in the bible okay oh dude my brother-in-law is of the same line of thinking i kind of almost i don't know if i believe it but it's one of those like i'm very skeptical when it comes to stuff so like ghosts i'm gonna be honest don't believe in them at all but I like the idea of them and like okay. being in a, if someone or some I don't really like being scared but if I'm in a haunted place and someone's like there's ghosts here then I'm going to be like I'm buying into this right now cuz it's going to be fun. <laughs> but um I don't know if I necessarily I've never had an experience that was like that was undeniably paranormal. Yeah. Personally. Mm-hmm. But I see what you're saying there's like this I like aliens are kind of I feel like aliens you know I don't know. I don't know how how I feel. Maybe they've been here, and angels and ghosts. Maybe maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's something bizarre in the world. I don't know, man. Well, I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's I, fun to think about because you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And my brother, to your point, my I brother-in-law said, like, well, first of all, this is to to what we're saying right now. There there's a period of time until we get to like the Hellenistic period. I believe that's when that's what the period is called. But that's when we start telling like narrative. That's when we start write or that's when we start writing history. Like mm-hmm. as it is, you know, history is always written by the victor and everything. I but think just it was like before that. Well, I know we started. We wrote quote unquote history before that, but it was mainly stories. That's how humans mainly communicated. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. you get a little bit later in history that humans actually start formulating histories. It's mm-hmm. like this happened, okay. and this happened, and this happened. Yeah. Before that, it was just stories. So we told like like creation myths and everything like that. So that was how we made sense of the world. It was less about because the forms of writing and everything weren't very apparent and you know so like people weren't writing down facts yeah and so it was less about the minutia and more about the meaning of the story so what are you getting out of it so that's that's how i look at the old testament of the bible for example or the hebrew bible for example which is the same thing um but <laughs> <laughs> looking at how the articulated angels coming down and there was trumpets blaring and everything like that Right. What else? How else would a spaceship coming down from? Whoa, you know, and then there's like bright lights everywhere, and you can't see anything. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> like, what's happening? And there's like fire scary. shooting everywhere. But then you you see a figure, and it's like, whoa! And then like everybody <laughs> that you hate, or like, or something crazy happens, and it's like, let's worship this person, you know? And it's so it is very. Now that's the craziest thing. Why can't. haven't those? Why haven't they come back? Why has nobody seen an angel in the last... And that's the question. And this could also go back to the simulation theory. Like, has our player not wanted to put in the, like, <laughs> angel mod yet to, like, send in the crazy things? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think there's something so cool to think about, like, these, like, three places of, like, the really deep sea, the, like, world that's around us that we can't see or, like, the... I don't know. Because it yeah. is, you know, it is proven that there are other dimensions. Yeah. So like, yeah. from what like we understand, sitting there's a total alongside of... us. What I yeah. Mean, you know what I mean. So maybe the weird stuff we're hearing is just something in another dimension interacting 
and then it just happens to affect our dimension. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a physicist. Yeah. yeah. I'm, from, yeah. What I'm, from my understanding, there's at least eight dimensions. There's 11. There's 11? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I only live in the third. So yeah, we only live in the third. Um, <laughs> but it's just, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, humans, that's how we tell stories, but or like that's how we communicated those lessons. You know, we told stories and I, I totally buy into the idea that something crazy Aliens happened. And of course, how else are we going to articulate it other than the word Yahweh? You know, which is, I can't remember exactly what the word Yahweh means, but it's just like, it's, it just means like, it's like all powerful or, and then there's like, and then it, uh, I don't the only know. other explanation I have for if that's not aliens is ancient humans just took, like had shrooms or something and just tripped out. That's a different, that's, and yeah. saw yeah. that's that. the Jesus theory, the Jesus mushroom. Like it was the whole, you know? yeah. I don't know. I do. Have, did you guys watch like the Magic Mushroom documentary on Netflix? That that definitely is that the changed one with the comedians and stuff. No, no. That I also did watch out. that one. That one was funny. They but like, there was this is how psychedelics. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, there was also one about just like on like a like a cellular level how mushrooms like work in our planet and like how they like decompose everything, grow everything, and it was it's that's very interesting to think about like how much of us is like built on mushrooms and like how fungi. there's fun yeah, yeah fungi and just how yeah fantastic fungi I think that's what it was called yeah <clears throat> um, I would but love just, to watch it. I it's saw really, that. It looked really cool. Yeah, it's just really interesting to think about. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, but just, like, thinking about, like, the natural world and, like, how much of that could be built from just, like, these little mushrooms in the sand and, and mm-hmm. how much, like, taking those affects us now, What like, what that could have been like then and da-da-da-da-da. Well, and yeah. it's an interesting – I've heard people talk about, you know, natural drugs like that. Like, you know, you grow marijuana – in the soil and it's a natural thing and so people there's a lot of people who subscribe to it by saying like if it comes from the earth and we ingest it maybe it's trying to show us something bigger yeah like you know like if if you if you went to this is something i've never thought about if you went to another planet somewhere would there be the same types of oh my god i'm thinking of a science fiction story right now (laughs) like, like if you went to another planet and there was another ingestible substance like that Maybe they're all trying to point us in the Some, right direction. Yeah. Well, I will say, sound crazy I right will now. agree with you as far <laughs> as like like the mushrooms thing because they literally just come out of the ground. All you have to do is pick it up and eat it. That's it. That's something we naturally do. As far as smoking marijuana, you have to combust it first. So there has to be a there's a level of right. You can't just there has to be a degree point. of heat necessary in order to have that psychoactive experience, right? Mm-hmm. But that's we've been smoking. We've been smoking that for. Still, you, you thousands take it, of years. You take it to use it in a fire, and then all of a sudden you're like, "What's happening?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's probably how. It's that's happened. probably what happened, dude. Yeah, they they're like, "Let's make some torches right now." <laughs> they're like, they're going through the forest. Do you see like, that star over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've been walking in circles this whole time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's been like 20 minutes, and they're like, "Nah, man, it's been like three seconds." <laughs> 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 and I'm sure if there's people that will listen to this podcast and be like, okay, those guys are definitely just stoned out of their mind the entire time when you try to talk about aliens They're or gonna, or whatever. If you're oh, yeah. still listening and you're not uh, appalled or, you know, uh, skeptical of everything that we're just saying, confused. Yeah. <laughs> listen, we're just spitballing here. We're not saying any of this is true. It's just fun to think, <laughs> about. Fun to think about. And I think that it's, people are so boring that are like, oh, those are just like high thoughts. Well, I think people just... get scared. Well, I genuinely Ooh. think it's a little... 
I pardon me if if I offend anyone with this statement, but I I, I think it's a, a, a tad naive to think we're, we're the only life in the universe. Oh, you totally. Know? Like as far as sen- sentient life, you know, like I well, I think it's been around long enough, and and I also think the idea like whether you because I can talk about this stuff, and I don't necessarily I really don't believe a lot of what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I think that people get uncomfortable even positing the idea that that could be how like okay maybe aliens did come and it's so preposterous but it's like and again i mean i'm going to say the same thing as you i'm not trying to be a jerk but like i think it is sort of naive to not talk about the possibilities of that stuff you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah obviously if it makes you i'm not going to push someone into having an uncomfortable conversation because sometimes those high concept deep things can give you this existential dread oh totally but i personally yeah. i thrive uh thinking about those things it, yeah it, it's what it makes it interesting like, yeah i think there's definitely a balance there like i used to be really into conspiracy theories thankfully like i didn't go too right. deep into it where it can like really fuck up your life and like get like queuing on crazy stuff but i think there is a benefit of being able to think about like weird things weird ways the world could be working things that are outside of our comprehension things that are outside of our control and then still be like okay but i'm a human right now living this like i can go back into my normal day to day and like still be fine but then like still have that thought in the back of my head of like oh but that'd be cool if something else happened or if something else was behind it and Mm. also who says that conspiracy theories and i'm not saying subscribe to them but what i'm saying is they're just, they're kind of this, this is going to be sacrilegious for some people. I'm sorry. They're kind of the same thing as the Bible. Like, it's just a way, they're not the same thing. But what I mean is a conspiracy theory is just a way to justify how something works or happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Bible's a big conspiracy theory, if yeah. you think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like the one of the most popular ones. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just what's been accepted. Mm-hmm. And it's just the whole idea behind a conspiracy theory is just accepting or is just acknowledging the fact that maybe that didn't happen in the best way possible. That didn't necessarily happen in a good way or didn't happen the way that we think that it did. You yeah. know, it's just that because we're all I think we all understand, I think we can especially you working in childcare, that being humans, we don't tell the truth all the time. True. You know, so it's like nice, how... nice callback, nice callback. I wasn't sure how you were gonna pull it back there. <laughs> yeah, we were getting way out. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, seriously, I mean, we were talking about this whole conversation because I would, you know, we're talking about an hour and eleven minutes so far, and I would, I mean, we're talking about we're so gonna many get things, yeah. talking about like just what, like those human aspects of everything that we've talked about so far, and even like the the quote unquote existential dread of ooh, what is out there and what happened, but at the same. To, at the same time, the opposite side of that coin, we have no idea, said with a smile on our face, you yeah. know? So it's just like, and it's and okay. And I think that's, I'm saying this for everybody <laughs> listening too, I think that's what you need to remember is, again, we're not sitting here saying any of this is true. We're sitting here being like, I don't have any clue, so... Why not? You know? Yeah. I think everything we could say could sound like a little bit like we think we're like very smart or we think this is super Dude. intellectual. No. Like this is just no. like three kids. We're just throwing chat. stuff out Yeah, there like now. throwing stuff like at the wall and seeing what sticks. But that's yes. the, <laughs> and, and again, that's the point of what we're doing here is just to be like, you don't have to take everything everybody says so seriously. We're just sort of bit bombing. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but on that note, you know, we've talked a lot about what you said and Caleb brought it back to just being like, you know, 
I don't know, with a smile on your face. But I would say there's probably one thing you do know, and that is uh, what is something that brings you hope in the world? I am brought hope by just people. Like I, I could go as like minute as like my mom brings me hope every day, like always asking me how I'm doing, checking in on me, my roommates, my best friends. Um, but also just like people out there really trying to do do good things. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's yeah, that's a I it's hard. It's that's a hard question. I, I think I'm you not a hopeless it. person at all, but like thinking about what specifically brings me hope, like I it, I think you yeah. answered it perfectly. That, yeah. Taylor Swift, maybe. Taylor definitely, Swift. definitely. <laughs> I know that's I. I've been like reeling with my Taylor Swift love recently because some people think it's like so basic or so whatever, but she really does just like put so many thoughts She's I cool. have into words. She oh, puts yeah. she she like points at those little things in the soul and like figures things out. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I, people like that bring me hope that can just like put make art out of what I'm feeling. Make make human. And again, make more though, sense. it still yeah. comes back to people. Like, it's coming yeah. back to a person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think that's all it is. Even though, like, people scare me half the time, they do are, like, the whole meaning why we're here, the mm. whole reason to figure it out. Yeah. So speaking to the things that people do that bring hope, that brings you hope, mm-hmm. what do you do that brings hope? I I journal a lot. I journal every single day. I, I just, like, flood all my thoughts down. I write, like, my dreams and my wishes and all of that, and that always brings me hope. Um, I move my body. Like, always always getting, like, physical in my body it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I can yeah. take on the world and, like, get into it. Like dancing or, like, fitness? A- everything, yeah. Like, oh, cool. a dance, yeah, dancing, moving. I, I say yoga, but really just, like, laying down on the floor and just, like, moving my body where it feels good or where it feels like it needs to be cracked. You were talking, this, this was the thought that left my mind earlier, but you were talking about how, like, breathing is unconscious. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something so great about when you become conscious yes. of your breathing. Yeah. And you, like really intentionally breathe and like you get, get so in, in, in touch with your body. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like that's when I feel like the most human and the most like really there. I love that feeling. Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'm glad that it came back. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad <laughs> it did it too. For a little bit, yeah. it came right back. Yeah. <laughs> again for coming on today oh, and like just like me. spreading your joy you're a very cool person thank you i didn't know that you like you worked in childcare and that you were into sign uh, language and all that that was nice. so interesting and like we talked about it before we've probably met yeah but i would say i almost feel like it was like it's nice to meet you no this was definitely like a full meeting like yeah. you've seen so many aspects of my psyche now yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. this is <laughs> i think it is super cool that you work at a preschool Thanks, so, yeah. It's really, it's really cool. <laughs> Maggie's going to walk out and go in her car and scream. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully you found some hope today. Thanks for listening to The Only Constant. We hope today's episode made you feel a little more hopeful or changed your perspective in some way. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Only Constant Podcast or check us out at OnlyConstantPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating or review for the show helps us immensely, and we'd appreciate the feedback. None of this would be possible without you, the listener. Thanks for all your support, and we'll see you next time. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.